Welcome everyone to today's episode of Encounter with God Together. I want to thank you for coming and I want to thank our guest Jim Rowland who is here. Uh, he has come on before and I'm really happy to have you back again. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be back with Scripture Union and Time with Encounter with God Teaching. It's always great to share that. Thank you so much. Yeah, and for those of you just tuning in, uh, this is a, a program that we do weekly to follow along with our Encounter with God reading plan, daily Bible reading plan. And I'm excited to say that we are now available as a podcast on Anchor FM and some other stations that they've distributed us through. So feel free to follow us there. Uh, I want to let you know that Gil has been uh, a teaching pastor and elder for um, for over 35 years, for, for most of his career. Uh, but his heart and his passion is with the prison ministry. He has served as a prison chaplain in the Philadelphia area. And, um, and his pastoral heart really comes through as he shares with our audience. So, Jim, I'm looking forward to what God has um, given you to share with us tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and if I could pray for you as you start, that would be great. Thank you. Father, I do thank you for, for Jim, for his, his many years of serving you, teaching your word, sharing with others your heart um, and your uh, message to, to us. And I, I thank you so much for the ways that he's able to share your love and compassion for the prisoners uh, who he reaches out to um, each week. And Father, I pray that you'll give him words by your spirit tonight as he shares from Nahum and from the book of Hebrews. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So two two different books up this week uh, for us to look at. The book of Nahum, finishing out our time in the Minor Prophets, and then starting out the series uh, with Hebrews. So how, um, how has this struck you as you've been thinking it through? So yeah, so just in, in opening again in this series, with, especially with the Minor Prophets, um, I'm grateful that we've been going through them. Um, we used to have an old um, Bible teacher at seminary that used to say, we're all going to be embarrassed when we get to heaven because the minor prophets are going to come up to us and, and talk to us. And we're not going to know who they are. You know, we're going to know who Mark and Matthew and, and all the, the regular names. But, you know, when uh, Zephaniah comes up, we're going to go, Zephaniah, who on earth? You know, we don't we don't really focus and even know who these minor prophets are. But they're here for a reason. They're here to serve and they're here to teach. And they have a lesson for our lives today, just like mm. Nahum does. He really does. That's right. Um, the focal point of this entire book is the judgment on Nineveh. I mean, it definitely is. Uh, it's not an easy book. Um, as you and I had spoken before, it's a, it's a difficult book in the Bible, but a necessary book. Because it talks about the oppression, the cruelty, the idolatry, the wickedness that was going on during this time. And God, even with all of that, think about it. The fact that he had a prophet in Nahum there means that he still was holding out with mercy. Right. Think about it. If all that was going on and he didn't care about it, he wouldn't have sent a prophet. He was like, I don't care. You know, you guys can go and die. I'm going to destroy you in a couple of days anyway. But he didn't. Even within this, you know, this difficult book in the Bible where he does at the end destroy this city, he still has a prophet alive and well still speaking God's word and still giving them hope for whoever wants it. It's just that the people didn't want it. They really, they really did not. It says, I'm going to read in verse chapter one, verses two and three says, the Lord is a jealous and envying God, avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord 
takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. Again, the Lord is what? Slow to anger, but great in power. Again, showing his mercy. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His ways is in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. You know, we're reminded that while we want to always believe in this wonderful and loving God, and he is all of that, that he is not complete without wrath. And the 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 the, the deity of God, that there is destruction when it needs to happen. We see it throughout the Bible. Um, there's a there's a a verse in the book of Proverbs that says that he who hardens his heart and stiffens his neck will be cut off and with that suddenly. I mean, that's, if you read that, you're like, oh, my Lord, I've got to be careful with that. You're not taping that to your refrigerator usually. Yeah, but it's who, it's who God is. It really yeah. is. It's who God is. And uh, it's not because he wants us living in fear of serving him, but he wants us to know the completeness of who he is, that he is God. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we forget that sometimes. It's God. I mean, you know, it's not Billy Graham, you know, who, you know, we respect who passed away. You know, it's not pick your favorite speaker. It's not. It's God. And it's God. And it's the creator of the heavens and the earth and the universe, the, the giver and taker of life. This is who he is. So he wants to make it clear. It, it's God here. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's God. It's God. It's no joke. It's real. Um. And it's more than I think a lot of people can bear in hearing this, but it's the truth of who he is. Nathan chapter two is a lot of the same. He's going into the details. It's about to happen. He's got the prophet preaching to the people. And it's not without like, you know, while there's destruction coming, there's those that are oppressed he, and still see God, there's salvation for them as well. So I only think that he wiped out, the, he wiped out everybody, but anybody who needed to be wiping out. He still saved those that needed to be saved. Those that needed to be delivered, he delivered those. You know what I mean? He still was a merciful and holy God. It wasn't like that. But the majority of the people did not believe, and they just continued with their evilness and cruelty and idolatry. And sadly enough, it was it was destroyed. You know what I mean? I, I can't imagine, we have spoken to, I can't imagine being the prophet Nahum to have been chosen to do this. I mean, I... It's a lot. That's a lot to carry. I mean, we, we had spoken about that. If he had called, if he had called you, Gail, to to be the prophetess in in Philadelphia and told you, you know, I'm going to destroy it in three days. You got three days to. What would you do? No, really, think about that. Like, what? How would you start? Like, where would you go? You know, in the city of Philadelphia to try to tell the people we're going to be destroyed in three days if you don't get your act together and repent and come before God. And what do you even start? Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. Yeah, it was a, a big and an un, unpleasant job. And the minor prophets really, um, they, they're they heroes in a different kind of way for, for they, their they faith. Stepped the plate, they stepped to the plate. They really did. Yeah. yeah they really did. Yeah. Um, but in all of this, I'm reading from verse 13 of chapter 2. It's the Lord said, I'm against you, declares the Lord. I will burn up your chariots and smoke and the sword will devour your young lions. I will leave no, I will leave you no prey on the earth. The voices of your messengers will no longer be heard, meaning it'll be too late. It's too late. There will be nothing to eat. This, the voices, the messengers, meaning Nahum, will no longer be heard. Like there's a time where uh, that's it. Enough, enough. And he cuts them off. But today we thank God this is a lot of Old Testament. Today we have grace. And we thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ who allows us to have a mediator in Christ Jesus that when we get to that point and God's really upset, we have the blood of Jesus Christ that we can claim every day. And thank God for that. Every day, every day. Thank you for the salvation. 
which moves us into the second part, which is the book of Hebrews. And that is chapters one and two in the book of Hebrews. And here in the book of Hebrews, chapter one, um, and it's funny when you read it, not that it's that important, but there's a lot of dispute about whether the Apostle Paul or Apollo wrote the book. It's, it's not that it's irrelevant, but it's more about, let's talk more about the substance of the book than who wrote the book, because that's the most important part. You know, yeah, and I think no one really agrees, do they, on no. on who actually wrote the book? They so really don't. they really don't. The, the author is really noted as unknown. You know, a lot a lot of people will argue that it was Paul. A lot of people say it was a different style, but you can get into a whole thing about that. But it, the the key part about it was that it was addressed to Jewish Christians, which I think is is great. These are these are people. These are Jewish Christians that had come from Judaism to faith in Christ. So I mean, what an exciting thing that the Jews were coming to Christ and, and knowing who He was. The theme is the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ as a mediator of God's grace. That's that's the theme of the whole book. It starts off with just a, a powerful, glorious statement. I love this. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's, it's um, chapter one, verses one to three says. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the what? The universe. Again, this is the maker of the universe. Verse three, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, and to that I say hallelujah and hallelujah. Man, that's some good, good, good verse, verse in the Bible. It's just wonderful. You know, verse 10 says, He laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of His hands. I mean, this whole chapter is just a celebration of who God is. Yeah. This is this is God. You know, this is Almighty God. I, I got to tell you, I, I've never not believed. I mean, my mom, I'm, I'm 61 years old, and my mom has always said that even before I came to Christ, when we were strong Catholics, and and I'm not, nothing on Catholicism, I'm just saying that when we were, we were raised in a, in a Spanish Puerto Rican family, and Catholicism was very heavy in my life, but even she said when I was six and seven and eight years old, she said, I always prayed, I always, I always sought God, always did. I never not believed in God, never, even before I got saved, never not believed, because I, I don't understand you know, how, when I look at the sunset, when I look at the trees, when I look at the beauty of what's going on, Psalm chapter 8, when I look at the heavens, the moon, and the stars, that thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that you should visit him, David said. That's how I see it every day. Every day I say, Lord, how can you not be real? How can, you know, how can some cosmic thing blow up in the sky and make up all these beings? And so it's, it's harder for me, it's harder to not believe than to believe. It's weird. Yeah, it's I, I have to agree. Uh, that is, I, I understand this. When people say they don't believe, I'm like, man, I, I got to tell you, you have more faith than I do. <laughs> I think it takes more faith to not believe than to believe. That's, I say that all the time. I say that in my, in my prison ministry. I say that in my church. I say that all the time. And so whenever someone says, I just don't believe, I say, wow, you, you're amazing. I, I got to tell you, that's that because that takes an incredible amount of faith. Wow. But I thank God for the true relationship of knowing who he is, of experiencing him, the, the creator of the universe. I mean, and, and I, I think about this past week in knowing him because I'm able to know him and call him my dad and I am his son. This whole week has been a whirlwind of people with, just in my own life, with people that are lost, broken, cancer, sickness, um, death this week. Hmm. It's just been every day, every every single day, right up to this, to yesterday, I had to do a viewing, someone that passed away this week. And in all of it, 
they're looking for answers. And the answer I have is Christ. And I, I just think, what would I offer all if all these people were calling me about all these problems? What would I what would I have to offer? Except, oh, sorry, buddy. You know, uh, you know, I hope things get better. You know, and you know, no, really. What, what what if not Christ? What do we have? We should be pitied of all men. You know what I mean? If really, it's 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 only through Christ. I think about. I was sharing this yesterday at the eulogy, but a, a, a friend of mine, uh, Julie, who used to work with me. Um, a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with, with cancer and she was told that she had months to live. Her husband called me and I called her on the, on the car phone and told her, Julie, I heard you only have so many months to live. And she just got into a whole thing. And she said, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's a miracle. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, it's a miracle. I said, you only got two months to live. She goes, I know. And the good news is, and this is what she said. She goes, the good news is either I get to be healed and God's going to keep me here to be with my family, or I get to be—I I get to go home to be with Jesus. So either way, it's a miracle, right? And I went, yes, yes it is, yes it is. <laughs> wow. I called her to console her, and she ended up consoling me. Mm. But mm. that to, to to be that deep with Christ, to be to that place that no matter where you're at in your life, life or death, to know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and no matter what's going on, He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords the supremacy of all the universe, and you confide in that in your heart. What a peace that must bring. It's just amazing to me. It's just amazing to me. And then finally, the, the last chapter two, verses one to 18. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes we're surrounded by warning signs from the Lord, and we're so busy with our daily routine. And that's what this chapter is about, is warning signs that we tend to ignore. Um it's funny, this past week, um, I live in Pennsylvania, for those that are listening, just outside of Philadelphia, a little town called Hatfield, and our phone went off on, mon on Monday night, our phone went off at two in the morning, eh, 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 eh. Oh, got up, we got up, and it was a tornado that was oh. in our area. Well, she got up in a panic, she goes, we got to go downstairs, we got to go to the basement, so she ran down to the basement, I stayed in my bed upstairs, I'm like, Oh, no, I'm, I'm too tired. I'm just, I, I just don't feel like that. Honey, you, you got to be safe. You know, you got to get downstairs. She's going to know the whole thing. And I went and I did not go downstairs. And she waited like an hour until she saw the news that it had passed. And the next morning we got up and it truly, it was 15 minutes from my house. It was in Telford. A tornado had gone through our little town and destroyed all kinds of stuff. Well, to say the least, uh, I need to pay closer attention to the news and my wife. Um, he was not happy about that, but the warning had come and I ignored it. Yeah. Ignored it. And you know what? Sometimes the Lord warns us and, and he gives us signs and we ignore those things and we need to be cognizant when God's speaking to us and letting us know, look, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to help you and be sensitive, being led by the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I feel it in my heart that you're leading me here or leading me there. Let me, let me wake up. Let me, let me not ignore your signs. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever felt that, Gil. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you've really felt convicted about something but almost tried to ignore it, but you couldn't because it was so heavy in your heart? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I definitely know that feeling. And I also know the feeling of ignoring a tornado warning, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's easy, it's easy to um, think that you're going to be invincible somehow or that you must know better, but uh, there definitely been times where, where I've had to do something that felt contrary to what I normally would, yeah. but uh, really felt convicted that 
that was the way to go. So I guess on both sides of the coin, I've, I've both, you know, ignored and heeded. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, it was a lesson for me. I'll tell you, next time that thing goes off, I'm going down to the basin with my wife. That's for sure. <laughs> but the author here is speaking about paying closer attention to these. He says, how can we escape, verse 3, if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, what a powerful verse. Ultimately, what this chapter is about, while there's many signs of a lot of things, the biggest sign he's trying to tell us is repent and be saved. Repent and come to Christ. Repent and come to the Lord. Because how can we neglect this great? We have this great salvation that's been given to us. How can we neglect this gift of God, this wonderful gift of salvation in our hearts? And how can we escape that? I mean, if we've... Uh, I believe that the Lord works in us every day. I really do. I share this at the prison a lot. I share it at the church a lot. But sometimes you turn the radio on. You don't know the Lord. You turn the radio on and there's a preacher on the radio. You know, you turn over here and there's a guy preaching the gospel. You know, you turn on the television and there's a preacher on, and there's an evangelist on the TV. Well, guess what that is? That's God trying to get your attention. That's God speaking to you all the time. And you keep ignoring it and ignoring it. You know when it's going to be dangerous? When that stops. When, they, when you stop hearing the preacher on the radio, when you stop hearing the evangelist on the television, you stop hearing people tell you about Jesus, that's when you better start being a little nervous because then God's not dealing with you anymore. And that's a scary place to be. That's what this is all about. That's when, when the minor prophet isn't speaking. No, 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 no. You don't want to be there. No, 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 no. Let's listen to the Lord. Let's heed to the Holy Spirit and yield our hearts to salvation in Christ and what he wants us to do. Even as believers, we tend to fall and, and not be where we need to be in our prayer life and our walk with God. And we say, Lord, I need to repent again. I need to come back to you again and revive me again and bring me back to my first love and who you are, Lord. Help me that. So it's not just for unbelievers. Even with believers, we need to come back to him and say, Lord, restore me again to that place where you need me to be. Amen. It really is. So mm -hmm. I thank God for these chapters. They've been a blessing. And for those that have drifted away, um, I pray that their faith will be restored. I pray even through this podcast, if your faith has been um, alienated, if you feel like you've just fallen back a little bit, I, I, I challenge you to just pray right now with me and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, restore my faith, restore my walk with you and help me, Lord God, because I've, I've failed. I've, I'm not walking the way I need to walk. I'm not living the life I need to live for you. And I call myself a Christian. Restore me, O oh God, and help me to listen to the warning signs around me, Lord, and be obedient to your Holy Spirit, Lord, because I receive that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Thank, Thank you. you so much for, for those words and for the just the heartfelt message that, that you shared from your own personal life. I think that's yeah. that's what speaks to to people is is hearing how God is at work in your life. And uh, it's clear that he's using you in incredible ways and uh we do pray for you as you work in thank the prisons yeah so we will have you back i'm sure but mm -hmm. i hope as uh, those of you who are engaging this week in uh both nahum and hebrews we are praying for you too that the holy spirit will lead you to those words that he has for you and if if you aren't getting these um guides you can look for them on our website scriptureunion.org and you can find out how to get them there either by email or online or even in print. So uh, we hope that you'll join this community. And uh, thank you again. Thank you. Have a nice day. You have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.